Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hey, everybody. Welcome to my episode. This is the Hunting for Purpose podcast, and I am Taylor B, and I have a treat for you. I didn't tell you all this was coming, so this is like Manny Gone Rogue, because I should have informed, right? Well, I guess maybe I'm informing now, because I'm telling you before I tell you that I'm going to tell you something. That's informing, right? There's no time on this thing. So I'm telling you that my best friend is here. Her name is Jennifer Moore and my maiden name is Moore, which means we were meant to be together forever. She cannot leave me, but she is a 4-1 manifesting generator, quad left to all my rightness happening over here. And I want you all to meet her and I want you all to know her because she's extraordinary, but selfishly, because, you know, I'm a one three, I really have this investment in my individual experience. And I often don't have a lot of perspective about how others are viewing me and, you know, you can't see what you can't see about yourself. So this is as much a gift to me because Jen feels like my, I call her Jen, y'all might want to call her Jennifer unless she gives you permission, but Jen is my safe space in so many ways. And so I would love for you all to also um, get to see this side of me, get to see the side of me or the side of manifestors that have found um, sacred space with other people, because I think that that is such a kind of um, peek into our aura in a different way. So I know that this will benefit you. I hope that it leaves you inspired. And now I'm going to let her talk but I'm a manifester, so I'll probably jump in. All right, go. Say something. Of course you will. Of course you (laughs) will. Something. Something. Hello. Hello, folks. I am Jennifer Moore, a 4-1 Manny Jen. I am somewhat newer. I feel like I'm new to human design, but it's been about a year that I've been, that I've known of it, and I've been initiated into lots of perspectives around human design by Taylor. Because you know she's a manny, can't help herself. We go in places. <laughs> um, so I am a project manager and coach, um, and I use those things with my clients, um, especially with mannies and any other type that um, are looking for ways to create and get things done in a way that is unique and special to them. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. And of course, as Taylor mentioned, I'm her bestie. So. It'll be good to have this conversation so I can share all the deeds. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So Jen and I talk pretty regularly because I'm a little high maintenance sometimes. And (laughs) I, (laughs) 
she has permission to tell y'all whatever y'all want to say, want to know. <laughs> so you could DM me or her um, <laughs> if you want to know more information. But really, I wanted to do this episode because I think two things. Number one, Manny's don't often get a loving perspective of themselves. Like, I think we often get feedback as manifestors when we are impacting someone. It's either all the positive or it's all the negative, but we very rarely get you know, kind of like this steady stream of, Hey, this is what I observe about you. This is what I observe about you without it needing to benefit the other person. So I, I wanted you all to have, um, a glimpse and maybe there are areas of my design, um, that, that you'll be like, I bet my friend would say that about me too. And then the other thing is we're so different as manifestors. I think it's so easy to lump us into this thing. And I don't even know how common I am. So maybe, maybe y'all will all message me when we're done and say, Taylor, you are not one of us. And then I'll be like, good to know. Good to know. I'm a different kind of special. All right. So, okay. So Jen, you have a unique perspective in that, you know, more than one manifester, which I'm sure you're not the only one on the planet like that, but like, what have you noticed? What have you observed? Oh, so which actually hinges on what you were just saying about being a special kind of them um, because I met you and learning about human design. I was like, oh, this is okay. So she is a manifester. This is what that feels like. And you, you were the first manifester that I knew was a manifester. So it was like, this is, this is how it works. This is how they work. This is, this is what's going on. And then I realized that another really close friend of mine is also a manifester. And compl- and I was actually shocked when I saw her chart. I thought she would have been a projector reflector. And mm. um, when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, like both of my closest friends are manifestors and they are so different. And mm. to be able to play with the ways that you are similar, like mm. there is something that you both do. There is this impactful truth that I've experienced from both of you, but in such different ways, mm-hmm. um, because there's your personality and then there's your, your, um, your variables and your profile. So, and then all the charts and all the things on the graph and all that. But, um, I thought that it really gave me really good insight into not all manifestors are created equal. And that's a good thing because mm-hmm. there's different ways to have that, to, um, I guess, embody and manifest your type in a way. So Mm. that was cool to learn. Yeah. I, I, what did you think your other friend? So something you all should know, I I don't know if this is true of one threes, but I'm a little territorial. So I'm like, there's other, there's more, there's more. What do you mean? There's more. (laughs) Tell me, what does that exactly mean? (laughs) So if, if that's a one, three thing, I really need to know. So if you're a one three and you're a little territorial about your place and people's lives, <laughs> you know, let me know. But anyways, um, what, what did you, what was most different or what alarmed you the most about mm. not alarmed, but kind of like peeped you like, Oop, maybe, maybe they aren't the same. Mm. Um, there is a directness that I experienced with you that I don't experience with my other manifesto friend. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, oh, and it's, it's, it's definitely around your profile. There is this, um, 
gleaning of like information. Like one of the things that when I first met you and like we really began to deepen our friendship was like, it felt like you knew a lot about a lot of things. Like you typically meet someone that knows a lot about a couple of things, but like (laughs) I could track with you, like you could track with me. And then you were also showing me new things about, well, this thing over here. And then there's, it was just interesting to see like your wealth of information and knowledge Mm -hmm. and not just in an intellectual way, but in like, like you really knew it. Mm. And I think with my other manifestor friend, it's just the way that she speaks to uh, information is really around relationships or Mm. this is like the experience that I had. And now I know um, Mm. where I think you, you do the research first and then you kind of then align to, to an experience and she's a five one. So um, it was just like, Oh, like, there's a wealth there, um, there's truth there, there's insight there, but how, how it matters to you and even how you would share it with me is so very different. Yeah, that's interesting. Even, uh-huh. even, between, the per- even between the profiles, you know, mm-hmm. it's common for people to either be um, personal or transpersonal. Mm-hmm. And being a one three is unique in that both of your profile lines are in the lower trigram. So your experience is very individual and, you know, I I hate to use the word personal, but it feels very personal. Like if you hear me talk long enough, I'm going to give you an example from my life. Like if I say, Oh, somebody did that. I'm the somebody normally (laughs) that I'm talking about. (laughs) And what it makes for is very, you know, you know, things intimately. And I think Mm -hmm. that that can communicate a depth of understanding Um, but sometimes it's just, we don't really, I don't know if it's me, but I don't really know another way to be than Mm. all, than to bring all of my story into it or all of my perspective into it. And it's like all mine. I don't know. Oftentimes I think some people are uh, maybe have the other balance of a profile line that is, you know, more externally focused, but I'm Mm -hmm. just kind of like, I'm just trying to do my own thing with my own people. Like you, my best friend. I don't know what you are to other people, but it's <laughs> like, that's my focus. Right, right. Um, so those are the kind of things that I think make, make us different. And then, you know, which way your variables go can really mm-hmm. um, impact that as well. Um, that's, so, that's so interesting. Okay. Anything else that you can think of that was like, hmm, mm. like the other? Um, I think. Let's see. Mm, I think, well, I learned later, but so like now I have the language and the know and the know about it now. But at the time, like, I think your emotional mm-hmm. processing has, is very different and mm-hmm. you're um, defined. She is undefined. Mm-hmm. And I, I could sense the difference. Like mm-hmm. that would be something that like, I could see her picking up on other things and maybe amplifying someone else's or kind of, and I think she has other, she has a lot less defined centers than you do. Mm, Um, So I could see her being a little bit more fluid in certain ways. Um, Mm. And, and you're, you're kind of in your own or have your own constant, you know, Mm -hmm. energy. So that was something I have language for it now, but that would be like an experience that I would, I could feel the difference. And then I would look at the chart and be like, Oh, that's, 
that there it is right there. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That's something, that's something that I think a lot of, um, that isn't talked about often amongst manifestors is that mm-hmm. while we do not have, um, sacral energy, what we do have is access to the other three motor centers. And so in my mm-hmm. case, the other three are all defined. I have mm-hmm. a defined root. I have a defined, uh, spleen, um, defined G center and it, obviously a throat. So I've got six out of nine centers. I mm-hmm. am feeling good a lot of the time, energetically speaking, in terms of yeah. physical energy and just general zest for life. I would say that I bring a, I could fake a generator situation probably better than some manis could. I could, I could hang with some gins for, for a few minutes. Um, a little bit. A little bit. But, you know, I do tap out because after a while, I'll be like, y'all need to, yeah, I got to sit down. Yeah, I remember that time it was, we were doing like, we were working in Atlanta and like, we were working on a project together and I was like, we should just, we should just work through lunch and just get it done. And and another person was about to agree with me and you were like, uh-uh, you don't Mm-mm. want that sacral energy. No, ma'am. Like, Mm-mm. no, no, no. We going to take you? a break. <laughs> we going we gonna to put a pause. Right. Because the other and- person was a projector and I could tell that they were about to tap out, tap that sacral energy that Jim brings. <laughs> and I'm like, Mm-mm, don't bite. Do not bite. Don't, we have a whole weekend with that little engine right there. <laughs> we can, she will drag us. Don't let her get you. <laughs> Don't let her sell you and this will be fun. We will be mad tomorrow. We need to eat. Yeah, yeah I know that's so- right. It, it, it's, it's a trip because I remember like when you said that, obviously I remembered it. So it was it was impactful for me to hear like, that's something that's different about mm-hmm. my type versus a manifesto or a projector or any other, you know, um, anything like generators, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it was cool to hear you say that like, oh, that's something that, folks don't be rocking with like y'all don't want to just work through lunch and keep working and working and not unless it's my urge Mm -mm. if it's my urge I'll do whatever I want to do but if it's your urge or just a urge then somebody else (laughs) bring some fuel and lunch like I'm gonna need motivation to stay here yeah yeah you run on love I don't know what that means (laughs) (laughs) I run on the divine has downloaded it. It must come out or I'll catch right. you later. <laughs> like it's yeah, one of the right. so, Yeah, that is, um, that is something that's very different. Okay. So I wanted to interview, I mean, Jen, because, you know, in the human design spaces, places, there's this, there's this way of explaining being a manifesting generator that it is half manifester, half generator like a mutant thing and um that they make up a fifth type right Mm -hmm. and then if you go back in you know Ra's opinion yeah the Jovian archives you know there's only four types and generator Mm -hmm. is the type and then there is just a subtype called the manifesting generator so my question Mm -hmm. for you is knowing a couple of manifestors and knowing what you know now do you feel mutant or do you feel like a subtype? <laughs> I feel mutant. I don't feel like a subtype and I get offended when folks oh. want me. Ra, no. she's coming for you. I'm informing Ra. you, Ra. Okay. Manny to Manny, she's coming for you. <laughs> mm. 
I just like, I don't know what it is, but I kind of get a little like perturbed when mm. I'm lumped with generators because there is, I feel like there is a different type for a reason, right? And mm. if it didn't warrant being called out, then, I mean, I get the subtype thing. And also there's a connection I think I have with generators. My husband's a generator. One of my daughters is, is a pure generator. And so I can you know, there's certain things that we rock with and I get it. And especially with our strategy and um, that sacral center, but there is this thing that draws me to manifestors. I think that Mm. when I hear you talk about like, you know, being angry, being an angry manifester, I'm like, I I want that. I tell her every day. I'm like, I'm an angry manny right now. I'm just mad. I'm just just mad. I stay mad. It's a thing. Right. Right. And I think there's something that pines for that in me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. wanting to, I think in general, as a human wanting to be able to express whatever emotions that I'm feeling, but specifically around being willing to be angry and, and not necessarily needing to be a state, but being an emotion that I'm a fully allow. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't consider myself as much of a subtype mm-hmm. than a, just a different, a mutative thing happening over here so that's how I feel about it but take that to your polls (laughs) (laughs) this 4-1 said I ain't changing for nothing I'm a mutant (laughs) that is such a 4-1 he's like I've decided I'm not a subtype so that's what I'll be doing for the rest of my life thanks Not Um, subtyping. Not subtyping (laughs) forever. Um, Okay, so that's actually a really good thing um, to bring up is this idea of anger because we've Mm. talked about it kind of offline and I have wanted to um, bring it in a little bit because I've been talking about the emotional experience of manifestors and just honestly, the emotional experience of the types. I think that we easily say, you know, the statistics say that 51% of the population have a defined emotional center. And yet the education around processing the energy of emotion and being in the presence of emotion and the benefits of not just the highs of emotion, but the lows of it and creating clarity from that. Like to me, that is an underdeveloped conversation. And so um, maybe this is initiating stuff, but I just feel very compelled any chance I get to bring it in and, and to, to continue to just make it a part of the conversation that sometimes we just angry y'all. I mean, it's, you're not unsafe, grab your pearls. We just angry. It's going to be okay. Yeah. So yeah. what's your experience of a very angry manifester? You might've witnessed a few times. <laughs> it's funny, like experiencing you when you're angry, it has a sharpness to it, but also a warmth. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm in danger. I don't feel like anyone is in danger. Mm-hmm. And that may, I think that's also because of your regard for freedom and truth and sovereignty, like your values mm-hmm. kick in. Like, and I think that's important to remember, like no emotion is going to undo you from, from so being good. who you are into just, mm. I'm just, I'm a monster. Like I'm, I'm it's, it's not a hide and Jekyll situation. Like you, you can't be undone by your emotions oh, I love it. come from you. So allowing anger and allowing that to see like where your passions lie. Like, mm-hmm. I think I even, I listened to that. Like I'm initiated by it completely when you're like, I'm just, I'm angry manifested. I've been walking around like, I'm just mad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, 
I don't know. I just know what's inside okay us. Mad, so we're going to be mad. <laughs> yes, it's okay. It's okay to just right. be angry, just to be mad, yeah. to be frustrated. Um, yeah, frustration. Frustration is another one too of, and I think part of that is such a, it can be such a strength to lean into to say, what is it that I am, what is it that I'm passionate about? Like it, to me, it always yes. comes back to like, I have an investment in something and it has, I have been, I have been riled up. Right. So, um, I think it's a powerful thing. Yeah. Well, you know, that's my favorite question to ask when somebody's angry or to be asked sometimes when I'm angry, it's like, what is it that you really care about? Like, what are you so invested in that, that could literally light you up? Like that's something we need to know. Yeah. Like that's something we're seeing. Like that's something worth vying for. for yeah. Okay. Maybe don't live that hot, but like, mm-hmm. I want to know what would, what would provoke that much of you to come mm-hmm. out. Like yes. that is such a yummy conversation to mm-hmm. me. And when I think we make it okay and we create space around something like anger what we allow is for people to feel it enough to reveal what they actually care about but as long as we're trying to say well don't be too angry well don't stay angry too long well don't do it too much and don't be too loud and don't say it that way as long as we're trying to like coddle it so that people aren't impacted by it we also lose the, the gem or the juice that, mm. that would cause them to be so moved. And yes. I just, I just love the way you said that, like your, um, your emotions come from you. They are not in yeah. spite of you, you know, mm-hmm. um, in human design, these, these kind of keynotes that we're talking about are not self. And mm. I love what I understand human to describe human design to describe as the duality of our experience. Mm. I think of it like a coin. So on the one half, of the coin is, you know, our authentic self, the way that we're made. And on the other side of the coin of equal value of equal use is this not self. It's the self that we don't lead with. It's the self that doesn't drive, but it's the self that has equal use. It's equally as worthy of exploration and honor. And when we, when we don't resist it, then it has no need to like assert itself it just appears and it releases it appears and it's like a normal ebb and flow right like Mm -hmm. i just think that's beautiful so that's really good that's really good yeah 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 so anyways along the lines of like emotions i know we've been having a (laughs) this is gonna be a tmi maybe but you know we gonna rock with it like we've even been having that conversation just you know tay and jay as far as you know, feeling the different emotions that come along our cycle, right? Like, yes. ooh, this is a really juicy time to just allow the the lows, allow mm-hmm. whatever that is. And, and sometimes it's circumstances in life, but also allowing to see what those things feel like across, you know, your 30-day cycle. And um, we're not reflectors that have that lunar cycle from a strategy perspective, but as women, we carry that that archetype. And I think it's really yeah. cool to allow, it's, it's become such a, beautiful place to iterate and cycle around um just how things are feeling and allowing the different kinds of emotions and one of the things that I've noticed is like when the more I can allow space for the lows or the not the not 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 the not self emotions but the emotions that we tend to like stick away from Mm -hmm. it creates capacity for 
for the emotions that we tend to highlight and praise and vie for. So um, I think you're right. Like a lot of times we don't have, you just don't have that practice. And I think women, we have this, this in this built in um, arena to really practice feeling through the different things and allowing that, um, allowing the cycle of the emotions that we have. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, actually, I really want to talk about that. Um, I really want to talk about that in the community, the wealth fellowship, you can click the link in the show notes or whatever, but I want us to have a conversation about the cycle experience because I'm experimenting with that right now. And one of the things I've observed is that when I do not really hold the, the critical, difficult to be around the challenging hormonal portion of my cycle, it also prevents me from really enjoying and relishing in the, you know, the full, fertile, abundant, warm, um, affectionate, sexual part of my cycle either. And it is amazing to watch my husband's feedback because at the end of the last cycle, I really honored that I just am not here for it. I'm Mm -hmm. not interested. 10 out of 10, do not recommend. Don't call me. (laughs) And now I'm like, but I'm here now, baby. You know, he's a kaboom and I'm I'm loving life and I'm affectionate with my kids. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm having watcher experiences where I have these kind of out of body moments and I'm watching myself be the mother I dreamed of. And it's like, she's not gone. Like she's not gone. Like she's still here. And, but but she's equally the woman who doesn't want to be bothered. Like yeah. I just, in when I was dreaming of her, I didn't see the other side of her. I only saw the part that the light was facing that was yeah. smothering her kids and fussing over like every tendril. But mm-hmm. there was another side of her that just wasn't at the light in, in front yeah. of the light or in focus. And that side of her has 10 days out of the month where like, don't text, don't call, don't tap. Don't, don't call me. Don't call me. No, that part of her was as much a part of the fantasy. It just wasn't facing the light. And so, so right. So I'm like, okay, so we just have to do like another side thing because that's not what this is about today. So, um, okay. So sorry, y'all. You signed up for it. Okay. (laughs) This is how we talk for like, this is how we talk. We like schedule future conversations. (laughs) It'll be a one, like we'll do it in a public place where other people can participate. So if you wanted to hear about that, just DM me and I'll make sure you have the link to whenever we do the talk so you can be there for the thing. Okay, cool. All right, so we talked about, I have a little agenda because y'all know, best friends be talking. Um, My agenda was, I needed you to know about what it was like to kind of peek into the aura of a Manny. And there was one other thing I wanted to say about that before we segue, which is, what is it like to negotiate an aura, right? So like we're best friends. So, I mean, I think you've all, you've seen a lot of me. Let's just put it like that. In in every Mm -hmm. dimension, you have seen a lot. And yet, orically speaking, you don't have more of an in than any other person barring me informing you of my life. So what is that Mm -hmm. like maybe to be in on the outskirts, even though you carry the title? Or the role mm-hmm. of best friend, like, do you? Are, is that even a thing, right? Like, maybe I'm making mm-hmm. it up. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I can sense like the difference just because I'm in here. Ah. Um, but maybe ask me in another way. If I don't talk to you for a long period of time, do you feel out? 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Got her. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Got her, folks. Count on a one three to find a way. Um, yes. I'll tell be me about it. You should. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and different than just like, oh, I miss my best friend. But there is, and, and some of this is probably some of your manifester um ings right (laughs) and then there's like your tailorings right but like there is something that you are so able to speak to like to me in me for me and I feel like you have um a tethering to like I think I've heard it put this way that um manifestors respond to the divine like Mm -hmm. And whereas, you know, many gens or generators, we're like, we have a responder or, you know, someone's, everyone's always responding, but manifestors are responding to the divine. And I love that. And I feel, I think I experienced that where it's almost like I have, there's you that I get, but then there's also like a piece of me that I also mm-hmm. get um, when I'm, when I'm in um, contact with you and communication with you. And it's one of the things that draws me to you as your friend and as my coach and a lot of other things like you vie for truth that is in me. And mm. um, yeah, so I definitely can feel it when, when it's not around for sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how much of that is me or other, or is that a manifester thing? But I do know that I, I I would say it this way. Like I have an ear for the frequency Mm -hmm. of truth and I listen for it in every conversation and every person I meet, like I could almost close my eyes and, and just hear for it. And I don't know that everyone would articulate it that way, but I would say that is something I am very aware of in myself that I am Mm -hmm. deeply, like deeply attuned to and deeply, um, just deeply attached to experiencing. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. when I read about manifestors kind of receiving from the divine and, and, and distributing to the collective, like that felt almost like it checked a box for me to know Mm -hmm. that, okay, I really am a Manny because I've Mm -hmm. known I've always, I've just felt that about myself. Like I, I know what truth sounds like. I know what it doesn't sound like. I know, I know when I'm listening to a certain thing and when I'm not. So. Yes. That's so good. I, I actually love that about you. Um, and it's one of those things that I had, and I had to learn this along the way, but like you, you can speak truth and it resonate deeply in me, but I still don't really know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> it's as awkward as it sounds for anybody that that's awkward. wondering. It is that and I'll, awkward. I'll just be not, like, for example, case in point, you asking that question. Like, I think you were asking from a place of no, like a truthful knowing about like this is what I this is what I'm seeing. And then I'm you asked seeing. me, and I was like, huh, mm. no, no. But <laughs> I mean, before it would have been like, uh huh, because like like a guttural thing would have been uh huh, but. Mm-hmm mentally I didn't really know what you were saying mm. <laughs> and I think like and I and you've given me the space to to ask like what do you mean tell mm-hmm. me more um and then you can pull from your reservoir of information and all of that but I think that yeah sometimes I'm like uh-huh uh-uh, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> like yeah mm-hmm, girl what you mean <laughs> 
I'm so in as soon as you tell me what we're doing. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know that that's unique to you. I think that's, um, that might be me. That just might be me. That I might have that to might own that. You. That might be me because that, that happens a lot with me. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I find that if I can, if, if we can establish, not just you and I, but in general, mm-hmm. if I can establish a relationship with a person where they feel safe enough to ask, they yes. always get, this, this almost feels a little arrogant to say, but they always get what their like soul or their spirits asking mm-hmm. for and not just yes. what their mind could articulate. Yeah. They get so much more when you're willing. Yeah. They get so much more, but I, it's, Mm -hmm. and it's not even like a conscious thing that I'm trying to give them more or over deliver. But normally when I say something that I see clearly and they, they don't necessarily get on the first pass, Mm -hmm. it's normally because I didn't go through their logical language to Mm -hmm. answer the question, but that, Mm -hmm. that almost makes it sound intentional. But it, it's mm-hmm. not even intentional. It's just I'm listening for something and I'm responding yeah. to what I hear or the absence of what I hear. Yeah. And that is almost, it almost feels mechanical mm-hmm. in that I'm telling you after the fact what I've looked back and seen myself do because in the moment, it is not like I am going to ignore the words coming out of her mouth and only listen. <laughs> it is not like that. <laughs> right, right, right. But I've been through enough times to know that I have a tendency to answer what is said, but what isn't said. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so makes for an interesting engagement. But with that, I wanted to, in, I wanted to talk about that. Like we're talking about offer for those who don't know, like I I'm an offer strategist. I help people create value and communicate that value. Um, and so that they can make money from something they like talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of that is launching, creating projects, things like that. And one of the things that has kind of come of all of this is this launch flow, launch strategy. I don't know if you guys are in the business spaces, but you can start seeing people telling you, this is how you get it done. This is how you implement. Mm-hmm. This is how you produce. This is how you make it happen. And I find that I often don't sign up for anybody. I end up going to Jen. And the reason why is partially because she's my best friend, but the other part (laughs) is because what you will find out soon is that Jen is a project management extraordinaire and she's a coach. And I find that that combination is rare. It is Mm -hmm. rare to find someone who who is equally as invested in your individual experience and how you Mm -hmm. internalize your life and how you experience your life and how you express, you know, the outcomes that you would like to see in the world to see someone as invested in that as they are in the mechanics of project Mm -hmm. management. Mm -hmm. Normally you find somebody who is like really good at task, really good at structure, really good at producing outcomes. And it's very clear. It's at the expense of the person or people like they are so Mm -hmm. systems driven and that's an asset, but it's at the expense of people. And so when I found this mutant situation, we called Jennifer Moore, my best friend, (laughs) not subtyping. Um, (laughs) I knew that I was like, okay, so I need to, I wanted to offer honestly, Mm -hmm. to this audience, like this idea that number one, this is one way to have access to sacral energy 
Mm. not for them to tell you what to do, but for them, but for them to carry a, how do I want to say this? It, It almost feels like when I talk to you around my projects, you don't tell me to speed up or to do more. You're actually trying to, to temper, help me to Mm -hmm. identify what really is the urge, what really is the passion, like what really is something to, to be intimate with. It's almost like Mm -hmm. you hold a very high regard for my energy so much Mm -hmm. so that a simple idea isn't a good enough reason for me to act on it. Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you require me to, to really love it enough to be obsessed enough to, to really find a simple way to deliver it. And I don't think many people would um, think that when they think about Mm -hmm. a manifesting generator, because stared archetypically, you're very prolific. Um, and you're known for efficiency and things like that. So for a manifester to find such safe space with a, ma- with a manager, I just knew we had mm. to talk about this a little bit more. And I want to hear like, how do you deal with someone who has such big ideas yeah. that need to be turned into some sort of an executable project while knowing that like, I got three right variables, like, mm-hmm. Passive, receptive, it just keeps coming. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to keep coming. coming. Yes. Talking to Jesus while I keep going. <laughs> how, do you, how do you reel that in and, and create it so that I can have multiple offers happening at the same time and feel amazing? Because that's really, that's my reality. Y'all. I'm doing multiple things, making great money, having a great time. Nice. And I called you in. So there you go. Let her tell her. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I think that you have touched on my heartstring because I think a lot of times we, when we hear about project management or efficiency or productivity, it's such a subscribed process Mm -hmm. and not everyone's process is like going to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll find enough where enough people have bought in that it works for them. And it's like, well, is that going to work for me too? And then that's what we internalize when it doesn't. But one of the things that I'm listening for is, I mean, it's, it's, there's some, there's some traditional like uh, project management skills. Like I'm listening for scope. I like, it's, I didn't realize my brain did this until meeting you, but like, when we start talking about projects, my brain goes to the cost. It goes <laughs> to like, how much time is that going to take? Like, okay, if we have to have a landing page, then there has to be this, this, that. Like my brain just starts filling in the things to create that. And I, when I'm able to offer that to you, I also have been listening. So like you, you can hear frequencies around truth. There's something that I can hear about like, but this isn't sounding like what you've told me you wanted, or this Mm. isn't sounding like how I've heard you um, through a process that you actually enjoyed the process. Like Mm. I've seen you create, I've seen you get stuff done. And there is something that isn't jiving with like how you did that versus how you think you want to do this Mm -hmm. and really being able to fine tune, see your own strategy when it comes to producing something. Are you listening to yourself? Are you collecting research? What is it that you need um, to feel safe enough to implement? That's Mm -hmm. the thing. Like a lot of times we see, I'm I'm not doing something that I want to do. 
well? Have you like, what, what feels insecure about taking the next step? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the task isn't the task. The task is some emotional thing we've tied, we've tied to it. Well, if I do that, then I'm, but I'm really worried about, you know, this thing over here. And it's like, well, it's not about task. It's about Mm -hmm. this thing. And let's talk about that for sure. Um, And then the task becomes a task again, instead of this internal conflict. So that's what I'm listening for. And, and then once we coach around some of those things, we really just get to the mechanics of having a project. And Mm. um, I I love the IT in the world of IT and um, system implementation. There's this agile, there's agile, right? Um, Methodology. And I just love the way that there's iterative processes and not just iterating to get things done, but iterating to see how you get things done. Like, Mm -hmm. so we're studying, like, how, how do you work? So yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. I think that that is the first time I've heard and, and maybe others, whatever, like, but the first time I've really heard someone's priority, particularly in time management, task management, project management, say, you know, my real study in in my engagement with you is what is your strategy for getting things done? Not what is the outcome that you want so that I can make sure that happens or not what is the deliverable or what is the budget or what is the Mm -hmm. cost? But really I'm listening for your frequency, your, your, for the way that I have learned to be authentic to you. And if you want to do that different, then we both are now doing that, you know, fully conscious that we're doing it different than how you do things typically. And I think that that kind of honestly speaks to, um, my previous episode on this podcast, which was about, you know, it's great to have an urge, but have you really counted the cost? Have you really Mm. considered, you know, the impact that that will be? And it is not to deter you from doing it. It's just to say, when you really assess what it's cost, it it sobers you in a way that, Mm. or grounds you in a way that allows you to actually take more powerful action. Um, And so those are the, those are the questions that you ask me a lot of times. It's not honestly coming up with a to-do list. It's a question Mm -hmm. like, uh, so you're building this out on a course platform. Why are you building it there? Oh, because in five years, I want to have a course. Interesting. Is that relevant today? (laughs) (laughs) Is what you're building a course? No. And I, and normally I'm like, not at all. And then it's never going to be a course. Actually, I hate (laughs) courses and I'm not doing modules and I'm not doing that. And I'm not even hearing the dissonance. I'm, I have this big picture of this seamless, you know, system happening. And I've lost sight of the reason why this peg is not fitting in this hole is because it is not made for that hole. It's like, you don't, you lose the forest from the trees. And I think that is something that when you are initiating, particularly as manifestors, I feel like we live in this kind of like this space where like an urge comes in and we just see it. It's like, we can almost see it on the inside of us. And now we have to get this thing out. And we, we get so consumed with the internal experience that we forget that we, we need to line that thing up so that it, it can get out. It's like, yeah. maybe this is graphic for some people, but like delivery, it, it doesn't matter how much you want the baby out. If the baby is horizontal and the hole is vertical, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you need to line the baby up if you want it to come out. And mm-hmm. when it's not lined up, 
it has nothing to do with how great the baby is or how great you are. It's just not going to work for this, for the path that has been lined for it. So I think that that is something that as manifestors, we can leverage other types or even other manifestors. When you find somebody who has some of that structural skill or systemic skill to help you line that urge up so that it can come through with ease. Sometimes the friction is not the viability of the urge. It's that the implementation is imprecise. It, It either hasn't factored in you or it hasn't factored in your people. And yes. that's what I see in offers a lot of time. There's a lot of ideas to help people that are in general good ideas, but they have not accounted for the people that they serve or the priorities of the people mm-hmm. that they serve. And so they don't sell and mm-hmm. they don't sell not because it's not a useful skill or it's a useful tool or even that it's not a great idea. They don't sell because they have not gone the extra step, which is now that I have something useful, how do I make it relevant to the people? Yeah. And that is, it's a completely separate thing. So Mm -hmm. that's really good. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. I think what you're touching on too, is that your, your process for doing things has to like be fully infused with you. Like, I think, like you said, we focus so much on the outcome, like is the outcome me, but Mm -hmm. also like, is, is what you're creating? Does it look like you and how you're creating it? Does that look like you? And I'll take a little bit of that over a lot of not you because you like that becomes so potent. Like what Mm. you bring, the gift that you've been designed to be to the world is it becomes like, I'll take a drop of that because that's going to be more potent than you being diluted in doing it in ways that drain you and take away from the gift that you are. So it's, 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 it's just as important as the outcome. Love it. I love it. I I agree wholeheartedly. I think undiluted, untampered with, you know, substance is far more potent than, you know, you spread out across 70,000 things that you ain't interested in. Like, correct. Not interested. So, super cool. Okay. So, you have been my coach, but I want to end this uh, episode with what's it like to be my client? So, for those who don't know, Jen is one of the early adopters of my program called Offer Obsession. And in it, like I said, I help people create, communicate, capture the value that they were here to um, distribute in the world and make money from it. And so I want to know, like, what's it, tell the people, what's it like? This is not like, she's not paid to say great things. (laughs) I really like Let me put a disclaimer for those just tuning in. I wanted her to come on because I do think that there is not enough transparency in the business space about the client experience. I'm not asking. um, I think we love to put testimonials on things, but more importantly, can we have open dialogues and transparency around some of the surprises or some of the nuances or some of the things that can't be captured adequately on a sales page? Um, So tell them what you want them to know, whatever that is. Okay. What I want you to know is that I feel like at times, like mm, the experience that I have with you is, I don't know if I could have, I don't know if I even had the language to ask for it. Mm. And I'm going to be, that's a good thing, (laughs) y'all. I don't know if that's a good thing. Make, take notes, folks. She didn't know. She guessed if she didn't ask for them at the record show. Things that I didn't know to ask for, but yeah. things that my like my heart and my soul and my spirit craved. 
Mm-hmm. And like, so part of even me coming down to like, I am a project manager and coach was because you were just sitting there showing me myself, like consistently holding the frequency of my gifts and holding me to that and never at the expense. Like, um, I remember one time talking about, I'm going to just tell the truth, y'all. I remember one time talking about like, I really want to implement human design in this because it would be so cool. And Taylor was like, nope. (laughs) I said other words before no. I did. I don't don't remember those other words. I bet you don't, but I did. Let the record show. But she very firmly and gently told me, no, Jen, because I will not have you leave here believing that you are not enough as is. Mm -hmm. And it spoke to my heart. It spoke to my inadequacies. Like it, it just was a like, give me your face, baby girl. No. <laughs> and no. <laughs> and I love you. And you're super cute. But you ain't it getting it. Right. It was like, it was, but it was a beautiful thing. It was such a gift for me because now, and, and your thing was like, if you want to go do that, you can do that. But like, I don't, I don't want you, what I hear, what she was hearing was a belief of inadequacy of a belief of like, I'm not enough as is. And that's what she was speaking to. And so working with her, she's been able to, or working with you, you've been able to have those insights and show me that. And I didn't, I wouldn't have thought a year ago that my thing would be this because Mm -hmm. typically like the thing that you're going to do, like your gift is such a gift. Like it comes to you with ease. Like you're where you're most brilliant at is probably the easiest thing that you do. So it takes someone outside of you and that's willing to see that and willing to hear that and willing to hold that, even like fighting you for you. Like, (laughs) no, you're not going to tear this up. Like, and, and I think that, you know, like I said, I wouldn't have known that this would be it because it was just so, it was just so my natural way of doing things. So for someone to be like, I keep seeing you do this. I keep hearing you talk about this. Um, This is what lights you up. This is what you do with ease. And um, really working around my um, belief around e- if, if it's easy, it's not valuable. Mm-hmm. And now like having the switch of if it's easy, it's probably even more valuable. If it's mm-hmm. easy for me, because there's a really good chance that other people need are looking to me for that, are looking for that. So it has been, it has been amazing to work with you. Oh, sure. she wasn't supposed to say only good stuff. I'll let you all know. Tell her no. So that's something to know about me. I'll tell you no. And I I think it's good to say that, like, I want to add, I've had other clients highlight that and say, you know, part of what made me choose you or something that I noticed with you is that you tell me no. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's common or not, but I feel like it's something that feels worth being said to me. So I'll let everybody else know that, you know, not just, and I'm sharing this, not just for like my personal offers, but like, just if you're going to choose to be in my space, if you're going to join a free community, join a call, download a freebie, like know that I am willing to be confronting. I am willing to, I am willing to come, come at the belief system that I pick up on. And I don't have to be right about it, but I am willing to ask more questions about it. I don't just buy it because you say it type of stuff. Yep. And that's that's just something to know. And I, and I really wanted this episode. I think this is a great 
spot to say this. Like, I really wanted this episode because I feel like there's such a power play in the teaching and the personal growth and development, and sometimes even the human design space where, where the quote, I'm air quoting experts can almost take an authoritative position about the other person's experience in the sense, like, I know you better than you, or I know this better than you. And Mm to confront that, sometimes we can go all the way to the other extreme and be passive and say, whatever you say is great. Whatever you think is a good idea. Like, I'll just support you and find the thoughts to help you get there. And I think that there is a tension that must be held. You know, like part of my greatest asset to my clients and to the people that I communicate with is the differing opinion I bring, the differing perspective. And I I don't have to be right and you don't have to do what I say. But I, I, it behooves me to tell you what I see and to tell you why I might say no or why I might um, not be able to jive with something. Yeah. Even though it may sound good, it just may not sit right. And that's useful data for you. It, it yeah. doesn't have to determine anything, but it's good data to know it just doesn't, doesn't go down right for me. And if you, you know, if I'm a person that you've invited into your space or that you allow to be in your space, that's good data to know. So that's what this episode was about. It was, it was a look behind not just my aura because I feel like I'm a pretty transparent person, but um, it was a look into what is it like to, to see me relate to other people, Mm. to, to know the person that you're choosing to listen to on these episodes and also to allow you to get to know Jennifer, because I think that, um, I think that I am seeing a lot of non-sacral energy types begin simply hiring out because they are resolved that they don't have the energy and it's not even occurring that the way we're going about it is why Mm. our energy is draining. We don't actually need more energy. We need to re-strategize how we're going about it. And then we will see our own sufficiency. And if that resonates, great. And if you're called to do something else, peace be with you. You don't even have to tell (laughs) me about it. (laughs) I trust that God's got you. All right. (laughs) I think that's good for an episode. If you want to talk cycles and planning. I'm probably going to geek out with Jen about that in the next month or so. So let us know. All right. That's it. Anything else, Jen? Sorry, I'm kind of hogging the goodbye. Anything else? I'll put Jen's links in the thing. Um, Anything nope. else you need to tell them? Oh, you're good? Nope, nothing else. I'm good. It was fun. This was been you great. You satisfied? Let's tap into that sacral. Mm. Feel satisfied? I'm satisfied. Is that a thing for generators, by the way? Like, do y'all actually feel satisfied? Yes. Uh-huh. Like, very, like, <laughs> like, like oh, I can keep going. Ooh, like, yeah, I, I definitely can tap into like, mm, this is good. And then sometimes, and you've told me this, like, oh, you sound full. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm still. I can tell when somebody sounds full, but I cannot tell, like, is that what you wanted? Did that taste right? Yeah, it's like a settling. Like, I could just settle mm. right here and just kind of like take a nap. Mm. <laughs> My piece feels like yummy. I'm like, oh, that's yummy. Mm. Like, yeah, that's the place. It's not excited. It's not low. It's just like, mm-hmm. this, yummy. Yeah, just stop. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go. Okay. okay. Bye, y'all. Have a great one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. 
I hope that my words, my sharing and the spiritual wisdom that came through today's episode have a magnificently transforming impact on your life. If you love this episode, I would be so humbly and truly grateful if you would share it on your social media. You can tag me on Instagram or Facebook at The Holly Marie. And also please consider taking a moment to leave a review right here on iTunes so that this information, this podcast and this spiritual transformation can be spread to even more people. Again, I cannot wait to see you for the next episode of Hunting for Purpose.